Hello and welcome back to another episode of Mac and D. I am joined today by James Doug Demodome. How are you doing, man? I first of all, great Demodome reference. Second of all, I'm hoping to God that this goes better. It already feels like a real conversation and not you waiting on me for 30 minutes to talk. So this this is feeling good right now. There's just something so awkward when there's just like a good like 10 second pause in between conversation starters. It's like, are you talking? Am I talking? Nobody really knows what's happening. And I'm sure it's just great for all of you to listen to. So it's so much better to have working technology. So much better. Also, I'm feeling a lot better this week than I was last week. I could barely get a sentence out and then like I'd get catching my throat. Not to get too much graphic detail, but that was like the worst sickness I've ever had in my entire life. One of the things about the human body that just like dumbfounds me, I can't get my head around, is the fact that your nose is like connected to your throat. Like growing up, I always just thought that was like a myth. I was like, how is this possible? Like that doesn't, that feels like two separate systems, two separate tubes, like nothing like that should ever be connected, but it's so real. And again, I don't want to get too graphic, but the weirdest sensation with this sinus infection that I've ever had in my entire life, my nose and therefore my throat smelled and tasted like boiled eggs for an entire week. It was nasty. I've never had anything like it. Apparently it's very common, but I I guess I've never had a true sinus infection in my life, but that was just absolutely getting me on my ass. It was terrible, man. That that sounds awful. I think you might've just excited any ENTs. If they listen to this, they're like, finally my time to shine. I'm going to start, you know, learning these guys, something about the, 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 the nose, the throat, et cetera. So way way to give them a shout out. Yeah, something I just can't quite get my head around. But yeah, it, it, it was a weird sensation. But great weekend of football. I did jack squat except watch football, which was incredible. We got to start off, man, with shouting out the New York Giants, man. Really helping out your New England Patriots by getting some dubs here. Dude, not only the Giants, but Tommy DeVito, my quarterback last year, my quarterback this year, my captain, my hero, keeping the pads in the hunt for Caleb Williams. We have a top three pick now. The Cardinals are looking way better with Kyler. We just need Bryce Young to turn around and we've got a chance. I, I think the Giants blow us out this week and it's the best possible outcome. Uh, I'm, I'm full steam ahead tank at this point. Yeah, TD was going crazy. He was getting TDs out there as well. And then the crazy thing to me is I started Tommy DeVito last week whenever he had like two points or something like that. I was in a desperation situation in a dynasty league, spent like $100 in fab on him. Benched him this past week because everybody was off by, everybody was actually healthy and such. And guess who goes crazy? Tommy DeVito. But you know what? Honestly, he deserves to go home, hang out with his parents, and then have to bring in a girl through the window because it's his parents' house. And like, you can't be clapping cheeks, you know, with your, with your parents knowing who it is. Like that's yeah, just No weird. Italian has ever done that, obviously. And, he, he, you know, he, he had his pick of the litter after the game, right? Like you're, you're at the quarterback of the New York Giants. Like that's just how it works. So shout out Tommy DeVito. Also, ugly, ugly game last night in Kansas City between the Eagles and the Chiefs. I know a lot of people that went to that game did not look like much fun to go to with the rain coming down. What happened to those Chiefs receivers last night, man? It was brutal to watch drop after drop. Well, you said, I think first and foremost, anyone that paid to go that game, I feel like should demand a refund. The amount of weather and just horrifying conditions they had to put up with, it's just not worth it, right? I mean, you're talking 40 degrees in the rain in Kansas City. Just zero fun whatsoever. But yeah, the, the 
the Chiefs receivers really like to disappear in the biggest games so far this year. I would be very concerned going into the playoffs. That that defense is lights out. They're a championship caliber defense. Those receivers are a JV squad, and it's really hurting the team right now. Yeah, you could argue their two biggest games of the season, right, were between them and the Lions in week one and then last night against the Eagles. And both times the receivers sold. We had a terrible MVS drop. Kadarius Tony was doing Kadarius Tony things. I saw some arguments that Michael Hardman should be playing more. And I'm like, no, like he's also had drop issues. They just haven't been in the crucial, crucial moments like everybody else. And then all of a sudden, Travis Kelsey drops one. It wasn't like the most crucial one, but it was a little like five and out. That would have been nice if you would have actually caught it. So I feel like Mahomes is going to have PTSD after this game. You can only imagine how bad his stats ultimately looked like later in the episode. We're doing a QB stat game. So I was trying to avoid QB stats like the plague, but just brutal, brutal game for the Kansas City Chiefs and a great defensive performance by their defense as well. You hate to see it. You really hate yeah. to see it. I, I, we can't give Pat zero blame. He did have a horrendous pick in the red zone, right? That, that's the kind of play Patrick Mahomes cannot underthrow a receiver or throw late in the red zone. That's just not what you expect out of him. And and that was cr- just crushing because they could have gone like 1,700 unanswered points to end the second half. And instead, they only had 10 unanswered points because they still went touchdown field goal after that. But all right, we lost James there for a second, but hey, we're back and we're going to keep trucking through. So I, I had a question for you here, and I know you're not super on social media, but the big thing on Twitter today was, is this the year we finally see a non-QB MVP? It's been a long time since we saw one. I think the last one was like Adrian Peterson or something like that. The issue is, I guess, who would that non-QB MVP be? Um, even after last night, not the best Mahomes game, not really that great of a Jalen Hurts game. Next morning, Jalen Hurts is the odds-on favorite to an MVP. Like it, it's just a, a horribly quarterback-driven narrative at this point. Like I, I just it feels like AP might be the last ever non-QB MVP, just because the, the way the NFL is set up, they they drive ratings through the quarterback position. I think they're just going to keep trying to do that. Yeah, there's value there, like right, like the most valuable player usually on the field is quarterback. But every once in a while, you do have a transcendent level player that I feel like deserves it. And I, yes, it was. Adrian Peterson in 2012, when he had that insane season coming off the torn ACL. I I think that there's some worthwhile candidates, though. People were throwing out the fact that Tyreek Hill is on pace for over 2,000 receiving yards. Your offensive player of the year at midseason. Why not just bump him up to MVP? As you mentioned, Jalen Hurts, who is probably also going to be up there, had a poor game. And then Miles Garrett both of our deep boy at the midseason, he's been going crazy. And that sack record is within reach, even with the extra game. He wouldn't even need that whenever you're looking at how he's tracking on pace. So I feel like there's some guys that like we, it wouldn't be terrible. And then CMC, like he hasn't had the insane rushing yards by any means, but if you're just looking at the full body of work, receiving yards and touchdowns, it, it almost feels like it might be more, more worthwhile. And we're going to look at those quarterback stats later in the, the pod, but like, they feel like they're a little underwhelming this season, right? Like there's no one that's really been taken off. Yeah. There really isn't a QB that's jumping off the chart at you. So if, if there were to be a season, it'd have to be the quarterbacks keep this pace and like Tyreek goes for 200 or 2,200 yards or CMC ends up having like 2,300 scrimmage yards or just something astronomical, but it just, the, the way it's just driven by the media, it just feels like it doesn't matter. A QB is going to end up getting it. 
Yeah, I hope we go away from the usual suspects a little bit. Plus, the quarterback injuries are also hurting a lot of that as well. So just a, just a weird year. It almost feels like a very non-competitive MVP year, whereas like normally at this time of year, we'd be like all at our throats, you know, trying to figure out is it going to be Rodgers or Mahomes, and like we just don't have that this year. Yeah, you want to do a quick uh, dog log here? Just kind of run through it? Yeah, also uh, shout out Shaq Leonard real quick, uh, formerly Darius Leonard. Hope he signs with the contender. Apparently, to get him rest of season, because like the Lions – we could use some linebacker help 6.1 million in order to sign him rest. Of yeah, his contract is brutal. His contract is pretty brutal. Yeah. I watched him in person. He definitely was getting subbed out on a lot of plays where normally like he would never come out. So definitely lost a step, but uh great, great prime for uh Shaq Leonard uh, dogs and logs got start with T law, Trevor Lawrence, really, really silencing the haters, really silencing me this past week, had an absolute amazing game throwing Dime after dime after dime to Calvin Ridley, who I put the log because I bitched him across the board this past week. Calvin Ridley hadn't done squat. He hadn't scored a touchdown since week four. And then he goes off for a multi-touchdown game. What a wild, wild game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I luckily survived against a Calvin Ridley this week because I had a Tyreek Hill with, you know, Tank Dell type performance. But um, yeah, definitely we could clearly say it was a revenge game against Mac. Uh, but it's it's great to see Trevor play like this. Like this is the Trevor Lawrence we want to see week in and week out. I know that's asking a lot, but like this is that dude. Yeah, and it really might just be like, hey, we hit midseason, we get second half of the season Trevor Lawrence rest of the year. That's exactly what he did last year. Another guy that was really encouraging to see a big, big game from him was Kyler Murray. Yeah, he had one interception. He had a bit of a mistake there, and he couldn't quite pull out the win at the end there for the Cardinals against the Texans, but gosh dang, he is looking good. He is looking spry, and most importantly, I feel like for fantasy purposes, because that's kind of the focus here, Kyler Murray's looking great on the ground. He had a second straight week getting a rushing touchdown, had over uh, 50 rushing yards as well. I'm loving if I have Kyler Murray on my team, and I stashed him on a lot of IRs, and so I'm loving how he's looking right now yeah no you said it he he looks quick and that was the the scary part right that acl goes like he needs athleticism and if he loses even one iota of his athletic ability it, it, it makes him a very tough play but he has not skipped a beat you know he's sports bra and everything out there just ready to go yeah and he doesn't look scared right like that's the thing off of an injury is like you're a little hesitant he has not looked hesitant at all some of the logs this past week bryce young once again his offensive lines just selling him on every single play those panthers look tired they look not young and i don't know what's going on with the whole coaching situation but i swear this like no one wants to support bryce young the only person that seems like they're trying out there is adam thielen week in week out and then kenny pickett He's got to feel good now that Matt Canada has been fired, but he also had another awful game against the Browns this past week, barely throwing the ball past the line of scrimmage. And it's like, dude, like you're not going to win games like that. In the NFL nowadays, if you're just not throwing the deep ball and he's just seems to have a phobia against it right now. So a couple, couple rough games for these young guys right here. Yeah, no, it, th- this was not the best week for youth unless we're you know talking CJ because CJ is just on a tear still. I, I think the big log here and we haven't, touched running backs yet because you're talking Steelers Jalen Warren was the only thing that looked good in the entire Steelers team offensively and he still gets out touched by Najee I know you and I loved Najee at this point are we both completely out on Najee like Jalen Warren's clearly the best running back on that team he's better but like he got a lot of his production on just one big run which seems to be the thing yeah, he's but, a but when you only get player. nine when you only get nine carries like yeah. that's still like you know what I mean if he gets 20 carries maybe that's two long runs and that's enough to to win the game I'm holding out hope that 
Najee Harris is more of a product of Matt Canada just being really bad. And then also the offensive line being really bad. I'm very curious to see how it looks going forward with uh, whoever they end up being the interim OC. I'm hoping that we see a little bit of a spry younger Najee Harris, but yeah, Warren is definitely the the guy to have in that offense right now. Uh, we're we're going to do ads and drops here in a minute. Honestly, Najee Harris, not a terrible drop candidate at this point too. Really curious to see what it looks like split wise going down the stretch though. Another uh, another log at running back Devin A Chain man. I mean, that's painful. The fact that well, he his ha- his was knee related. They, they said yeah. they he like something at one point he got hit and didn't feel confident, and they're like, "That's enough for us to pull. We don't want him hurt." So they said it's purely precautionary. But yeah, I think people were expecting him to be their savior this week, and he put up one point two points or something like that. I mean, really brutal. Uh, and then Eckler Eckler's was way worse. Eckler was relied on the way he normally is like falls down on a goal line touch fumbles on a goal line touch, like every possible terrible outcome you can have from your top, you know, first, like first uh, round pick. And, and that's what happened this week. And that's just not what you expect from Eckler. Yeah. And that, the crazy thing with Eckler is like, people were calling him so slow that he's looking like a fullback out there. It's like, what is going on with these running backs right now? And yeah, a chain, he got traded in one of my leagues for like something terrible. I want to say it was like Adam Thielen or something like that straight up. And I was like, collusion collusion all the alarm bells in my mind were going off and then i was like honestly if you think about it the way the a chain's always getting injured maybe not that bad of a trade honestly so tough tough uh dogs at running back deandre swift man just looks spry he looks quick he looked awesome last night in that really ugly game against the kansas city chiefs wish he was on my lions and saquon barkley man main beneficiary of td just going crazy right now saquon catching passes he's looking like a wide receiver out there sometimes loving what you're seeing from saquon right now and especially you had some worries right when daniel jones goes down you don't have like that threat of another guy running or that deep pass but tommy devito's just picking up where he left off it seems like yeah saquon was the deep threat which is incredible for your fantasy team right like catches a 30 yard wheel route touchdown caught like a 20 or 30 yard just deep pass downfield uh you have to be over the moon and you're hoping uh you know danny devito just keeps this going not danny but tommy devito keeps this going um i i think the big thing here you know we we have harped on jameer gibbs quite a bit early in the season thankfully he's turned it around to the sense it doesn't feel like just worst pick ever the problem is for $6 million or whatever, like what DeAndre Swift is doing is just as good, if not better than uh, Jameer Gibbs. And yeah. like you could have used, you know, the 12th overall pick on any other position that could have been beneficial, you know, a Christian Gonzalez, uh, just, and you know, a decent corner, just something maybe a little bit more in the needs category for the lions. Like every touch he gets that looks good is just a slap in the face on, on Dan Campbell. Rub it a little more, why don't you, James? I I think the hard part here is is like a lot of people try and say that like false equivalency of like, oh, if you know, Kira Lewis can give me 70% of what Zion Williamson will do, then we're good, right? And then we can get that other 30% through some money ball stuff. Like that's such a false equivalency. But with this, just the straight up opportunity cost of having to give up everything, a very high pick to get Jameer Gibbs and then only getting a sixth round pick in 2025 or whatever it is for DeAndre Swift. It's so painful, man. Like go play some Madden franchise mode and this will teach you like 101 how not to run a team like that. It's so painful. One thing that wasn't painful though, 
Brandon Ayuk this past week, man, looking amazing, looking like Arizona State, Brandon Ayuk. I think the interesting thing is, is a lot of people are kind of circling T Higgins. Like he's the guy who could be our wide receiver one down the stretch next year. Someone who could be poached this next offseason. Why not Brandon Ayuk, man? He feels like he could be like the next big wide receiver one doing some seam routes, doing some big old posts. I was like, I'm liking everything that I'm seeing from Brandon Ayuk right now. What do you think? No, that's spot on. Um, for some reason, I don't know if it's because they don't have these monster catches or anything, but they just produce. Like Amon Ra and Ayuk get no respect in the league, or at least much less respect than the AJ Browns, the Justin Jeffersons, etc. These guys just stay healthy and produce nonstop. It's all those two do. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't know why you'd be busting your load for T. Higgins when Ayuk is there and, I mean, definitely can be relied upon much more than T. can. Yeah, absolutely. It's just confusing to me, honestly, but um, alas, that, that's where we're at in, in life. Um, another guy that I feel like is kind of getting underrated just because of another teammate that he has. I'm thinking Tank Dell right now. Imagine if CJ Stroud wasn't out there for offense rookie of the year. Tank Dell might be the guy right now. He officially, officially is no longer going by Nathaniel. His, his first name officially now is Tank. He kind of pulled a bit of a Robbie Anderson there, Robbie Chosen. And he is looking amazing. Wide receiver two on the week right now. Do you think he can continue this Linsanity run that he's on? I don't know if he can keep this. I mean, he has like four touchdowns and 300 plus yards in three weeks. That's a very tough clip, right? But I mean, if he can maintain a 75 yard and like a touchdown every other week the rest of the season, I, you have to be over the moon about him. I mean, for a second round receiver, like that's it's, what he's doing is incredible. Yeah. The only thing that worries me about him, honestly, is his size. Like, dude is like 140 pounds or something like that. And that's not even an exaggeration. Like, he is literally as light as I was in high school. And that's just kind of terrifying to me, but he makes it work. He definitely plays bigger than what he looks like. And he just like finds open space. And even though he's not overly open, he like kind of like just like gravitates to where the ball is ultimately going to go. And I think that's why him and CJ Stroud have such a good chemistry is he just kind of puts it up there where it's just slightly out of reach of the defender and Tank Dell's going to go up and catch it. He had an awesome catch in the end zone this past week, just like that. Uh, looking at other dudes, we already talked Tyreek. Tough, tough weeks for some wide receiver ones, Stefan Diggs and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup getting injured once again, and Puka kind of went off a little bit in that game. Rough, rough weeks for them. At the tight end position, usual suspects at the top, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. Not a lot of other people did a whole lot. In the log department, though, we have Sam Laporta, probably his first really, really rough performance didn't do a whole lot. He had one target in the first half, and then he actually kind of had a little bit of production in the fourth quarter. And then for the second straight week, Evan Ingram, as soon as I started complimenting on him on like being super consistent, kind of falls off a little, little bit, which doesn't make sense with the Trevor Lawrence performances. The, the second you came around Ingram, he's like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the biggest dog that maybe we didn't mention and that was a fantasy savior for many people was fourth quarter David Montgomery. That final drive he put together, big catch, first down, big run, first down, big catch, first down, touchdown. Oh, it was just chef's kiss of like, you're looking at your your stat sheet and just be like, oh my God, are they only using Jameer Gibbs? Like, I, I mean, I, I know they're down. They can't just lean on David Montgomery. And all of a sudden they're like, you know what? We need it. Put Monty in. And he absolutely delivered. I mean, you, you can't just be any more confident in starting David Montgomery the rest of the year. 
Yeah, he got that revenge game against the Chicago Bears going on. He really reminds me of how Matt Stafford was just surgical in the fourth quarter. David Montgomery just seems to get better as the game goes on, which I, I love that about him. I'm a big Monty fan, and I was definitely a little like confused by the overpay, but honestly, at this point, like he seems to truly do be getting better as his career moves on. And so I, I'm a fan of Montgomery. He's very durable at this point in his career. Looking at waiver wire. I hate to say it, but like number one's got to be Zach Charbonnet, right? Like KW3, Kenneth Walker got hurt this past week uh, for the Seattle Seahawks against the Rams. They have a Thursday game against the 49ers this week on Thanksgiving. Definitely not going to be healthy enough for that. And then it's still kind of up in the air on when KW3 is going to be back. So Charbonnet is going to get a bulk of the carries. I think they actually dropped Kenny McIntosh, who was kind of like my sleeper of like a guy who could come in and steal some carries. So it's going to be the Charbonnet's uh, show as 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 long as uh, as long as KW3 is out. And we just don't know what that timetable looks like. Yeah, I think Charbonnet is definitely the guy to go get. I don't know what his ownership is. I think enough people have had him as like a handcuff or, uh, you know, in case emergency break glass kind of pickup uh the thing i'd be nervous so it's it's the 49ers this week right that's what you just said whenever they play tough defenses they look like just absolute dog water and I, he could put up a pretty big stinker you know to really ruin your thanksgiving this week um i would be apprehensive starting him until we see what the workload looks like without uh kenneth walker i, I get it he might get 15 touches but it might be for 20 yards yeah, that's why I put a little question mark by him. It's like, even going forward, do I really want Charbonnet? Because it's Niners this week. Dallas the week after, who looks awesome on defense. San Francisco again. Philadelphia, run stuffers galore. And then Tennessee, who plays pretty well against the run as well. So, uh, a little it's, rough on Charbonnet. Stash him for the playoffs and hope uh, hope it turns around. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, I think the problem is at this point in the season, he's, he's tough to grab. And maybe we're going to eat our words here, but... I'm not blowing the fan, the, the fab budget for him. Yeah. Yeah. So Charbonnet is kind of like the de facto guy, but the guy that I like the most personally is a, a so fan put favorite. It on, put it I, on him. Isaiah likely, man. Mark Andrews gets hurt likely out for the season. I would not drop Mark Andrews based off the tea leaves that we've been reading. He might be back eventually, but Isaiah likely is going to get some run. They likely last we saw him came in for an injured Mark Andrews in week one, one catch, four yards, didn't do a whole lot, but you know what? Isaiah likely was awesome last season in relief of Mark Andrews. Love the talent, love the fit. I love how tight ends get a ton of run in this offense for Baltimore. Isaiah likely is my favorite to go get. He's like the number one guy that I'm searching for whenever I'm looking at the waiver wire this week. Yeah. Uh, And then again, Ty Chandler just kind of proved he's got that backfield right now. So you just kind of have to roll with it. Yeah, it almost makes me feel like it doesn't really feel like Madison's worth owning, except for the fact that he gets like 10 to 12 carries every single game, you know? I, I haven't been big on Madison this whole year. Yeah, Ty Chandler looked awesome. Four catches for 37 yards, too. It's like, dang, I want yeah. that. <laughs> on, on the drop side, Pierce, Damian Pierce is absolutely a drop at this point, right? Like, there's no redeeming quality. Right? I mean, Devin Singletary has taken this backfield by storm. Uh, the, the surprise one is... I get it that Kieran Williams is back, but Darrell Henderson's been an incredible replacement. And, you know, in his stead, you'd almost think, I mean, I'm assuming they're just trying to sign him back on the practice squad, but you'd almost think they'd keep Darrell as RB2 and maybe uh, Ronnie as RB3. But I, I mean, Darrell's been the, the best of the replacement running backs for the Rams. 
Yeah. Re- real quick on Pierce. Uh, so yeah, same thing as like kind of Madison. He had 12 carries this past week. He also had his highest yard per carry this past week. Guess what the number was? It was his highest of the season. 3.1. 3.8. Brutal. 3.8 is like a bad Jamal Charles game for context. Like that's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I, w- I was shocked when I saw the Daryl Henderson news. I, I really thought it was like a fake account on Twitter when I saw the Adam Schefter news that he had been dropped. Pretty shocking because it really felt like he kind of rewarded their faith in him. He really had some solid games. And it's not like Kieran Williams is like the, the modicum of health. You know, it's not like he's saying super healthy coming off of the IR right now. So I'm shocked they didn't want to keep him around. Um but yeah, I, as long as he's not on a roster, he's not worth rostering, which is shocking because he had like 10 to 12 fancy points, depending on your scoring this past week. One guy that I also have on the drop list here, also with a question mark, I think it might be time to have a discussion about Hollywood Brown. And I think it goes even beyond the panic button. Three straight weeks with under five fancy points. And this is with Kyler Murray coming back. D- does Kyler just have a vendetta against Hollywood? Is Hollywood not good all of a sudden? I just don't really know what's happening here. No, I... I, honestly, I would trade for Hollywood at this point because I don't think you're ever going to get a cheaper price tag on him. Um, if he catches a deep ball the first week Kyler's back, it's an entirely different story. He has like a 20-point day. Um, I, I think that there's, he's just not quite in sync yet. Uh, he's definitely a stash target, a, you know, a very cheap acquisition target, in my opinion. Uh, if you can afford benching him for you know the next three or four weeks while they figure it out, I, th- I think it could pay dividends because that, that offense without... Um, without D hop is the, you know, the fa- past few years we've seen as really kind of through deep balls to Hollywood. So uh, I, I would relax a little bit on, on that. I, I'm not dropping him. Yeah. I, I might be overreacting slightly, but another guy I have definitely on a parent button right now. And it's like, you can't drop him because of the talent level, but you also like, I don't think you could start him going forward. And that's, what's terrifying is Garrett Wilson. Awful, awful game this past week with Zach Wilson getting benched. The whole awful game that the Jets had against the Buffalo Bills. But now Zach Wilson's all the way down to the third string. And at least with Wilson, Garrett Wilson had a chance, right? Like Zach Wilson is awful, but at least he was decent for Garrett Wilson's fancy chances. He kept having good, you know, seven catch, 70 yard type games. Tim Boyle might be the worst quarterback in all of the NFL right now. And that's including a world where Nathan Peterman is still in the NFL. Tim Boyle, I've talked about on the pod before, has never had more touchdowns and interceptions in a single season going all the way back to college. That's including his time with the the Lions. That's including his time with the Packers, going to UConn, going to Eastern Kentucky. This guy is awful. And for whatever reason, continues to get chances Hopefully they quickly go to Simeon, but I am very, very worried for Garrett Wilson going forward because I don't think Tim Boyle is going to crack 50 yards next week, if I'm being honest. It, you might be better off if Tim Boyle is your only option on the waiver wire. You might be better off just not starting a quarterback because Tim Boyle might get you negative points, if I'm being fully honest. He's so bad. This is truly the darkest timeline for Amazon getting their Black Friday that they're so happy to have. Like, Could, could Amazon have made a worse acquisition than the Thursday night football schedule that they got this year? It, it's been tough for them. Uh, I, I think you better than most being a Detroit Lions fan get to talk about Tim Boyle, but I think that's the big thing is everyone is out there saying you have to do anything besides play Garrett Wilson or uh, Zach Wilson. Like what in the heck? And it's everyone's like dog. Like I would not be rushing to start Tim Boyle. Like you kind of understand what's been going on a little bit in the New York Jets, you know, front office, but at the same time, like Carson Wentz has been out there. 
honestly, Cam Newton's out there. Maybe he's worth rostering over Tim. Like Tim Boyle is a, a clipboard warrior. He's a film guru. He's going to be a good coach someday, but the, the guy can't ball. He, he's not good at football. They let Joe Flacco get out of town. Deshaun Watson's out for the season and Flacco goes over and signs with Cleveland. Like I, any other option is better than Boyle. And like, we, we were saying that about Zach Wilson, right? But like Zach Wilson can at least do something fun. You know, he's a bit crafty. Boyle has no, I mean, zero redeeming qualities. It's it's going to be, it's going to be ugly football the next few weeks. And they're kind of in playoff contention still, which is what's disgusting about it. The Josh Dobbs stuff is, it's a disservice to Jets fans, if we're being honest. Okay. We have a few minutes left for the pod. Do you want to do this game? Yeah. In nine minutes. Is that correct? So what you got yeah. as well? All right, yep. perfect. So for our game, uh, I saw yeah, my brother actually sent me a, a side-by-side comparison of a few guys, and it was like, see, this isn't so bad. Like, believe, you know, it, it was kind of like a, a hype up for, for Jordan Love. But um, I was like, okay, but let's like look at the real stats here. Like, let's try to add everything relevant. So I've got completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns as a I, you know, because I feel like too often they either show the rushing or don't show the the, the rushing when they want to make a narrative. So I wanted to put all mm-hmm. the relevant stats for QBs uh, in the year of 2023. I'm going to just list list out the stats, and I'm I'm going to you know give you. I want you to give give it your best. It's obviously going to be pretty tough just due to the fact that it's like it's a one in 32 guess. But uh, we'll start here. 59.7 percent completion, 2300 yards, 16 touchdowns. 10 interceptions, 182 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. Who is this quarterback? Yeah, I got a little extra call of giving total touchdowns here. So 18 total touchdowns, 10 interceptions. This guy ain't running the ball all that much. You also have to consider, the nice thing is you can kind of compare the stats here to give like a, okay, is this like really good or really bad? It's, you know, it's lower, but it's not like abysmally bad, right? On his yard touchdowns. Yeah, I want to say just based off the completion percentage, and I know he's been balling out at least a little bit more. The interception seemed a little high for this guy, but I'm going to guess Russell Wilson for this one. You're incorrect. This is actually Jordan Love's stat line. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Not as bad as you think it would be based off of the sky is falling Packers fans out there. Yeah, honestly, people are acting like the sky was falling in that awful Lions game, but shout out Jordan Love. Not a terrible stat line. No. Okay. So here's, here's a little more exciting of a line, right? Almost 70% completion, 69.6. 28, 2,875 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, or sorry, 22 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, so higher there, 261 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns. That's 29 total touchdowns on the season. Who is that's this a, quarterback? That's a ton of touchdowns. Given the interceptions, though, and like all the narratives that I've heard this year, this guy is very boomer bust, and that really makes me feel like this is Josh Allen. You're correct. This is 100% Josh Allen. seeing this stat line honestly i should have had fumbles that's maybe where i messed up that would really i think highlight that this is clearly josh allen but uh this is why he's a an absolute fantasy warrior right interceptions just don't hurt you and touchdowns and yards are are just they're they're everything so this was this is a good one okay i like it not as uh not you're pretty close here but 68 and a half completion almost 2500 yards 15 touchdowns nine interceptions 345 rushing yards, nine rushing touchdowns. That is 24 total touchdowns. This guy has the most rushing touchdowns of anyone else you have on this list. So I'm doing a little anchor in here, a little comparing. Also has the second most rushing yards and more than Josh Allen. So he's got, he's running it like that. He's got to be a dual threat type guy. Maybe. 
I want to save I want to save another guess for later. I'm going to guess this is Jalen Hurts. This is Jalen Hurts. Touch push. Nice. Yes. All right. 68.1 completion percentage. Almost 2,400 yards. 11 TDs, 6 interceptions, 240 rushing yards, and 2 rushing touchdowns. Not even... Basically, it's like the same rushing as Josh Allen without the touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he can move. Two almost two touchdowns, one interception. Not great, but not awful. Awful. This is kind of what I was expecting Bryce Young to do in the early season, if I'm being honest. But there's no way this is Bryce Young. Um, that interception number would be so much higher. Interception, yeah, but also touchdowns. Like I think he pretty much is like the flip. I think he has like six touchdowns and eleven interceptions so far this season. Apologies if I'm slandering him. Oh, geez. I think this. Oh, no, it's not him. I want to say Kenny Pickett, but he does—he doesn't have the touchdowns like that. I know that for a fact. Is this—is this Josh Dobbs? This is not. This is Trevor Lawrence. T Law. Okay. Yeah, T Law. He, he can move, and people forget that. I think Josh Dobbs has two touchdowns as a Viking. So that that rushing touchdown number is the I think maybe probably what could have been the giveaway. Yeah, I didn't know T-Law was moving like that. Okay, what's up next? All right, 62.8% completion, nearly 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 85 rushing yards, 2 touchdowns. This feels like a C.J. Stroud line, but I know know his stat line just because I've been following it all season long. Um, A lot of yards, a lot of passing yards. Who's been throwing it like that? I I think this is, um, I think this is Dak. No, you're right. This is C.J. Stroud. This is Stroud. Okay. Yeah. The the interceptions, I think, should have been the the number that really gives him away. Just it's such a low number. He's up to five interceptions now. Sheesh. I thought he was still lower than that. Uh, that's what I saw. Maybe, you know, because it, it does yeah. sound like it should only be three. It, was it is it five now? He had three this past week. I didn't realize he got up to that many. That's you're, that, you're right. that, that that does it. That because if it was two, he'd have been like clearly that there's only one quarterback that's that careful with the ball. Yeah. All right, 67.1 completion, 2,600 yards, 19 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 258 rushing yards. So another guy that moves, but no rushing touchdowns. 19 to nine, no rushing touchdowns. Who doesn't get into the end zone? I want to guess, with the passing yards being the third highest on here, I want to say this is Justin Herbert. This is actually Patrick Mahomes. Patrick does not rush into the end zone too much. They don't want to risk him. You know, he had that one ankle injury a few years ago. That makes yeah. sense. Honestly, the, the rushing touchdown without that, if it was like one or two to rushing touchdowns, I think I would have been like, oh, that's Dak. Right. Like, yeah. I, I mean, because Dak's really been on a tear lately, but no, with the, the touchdowns, it really throws it, throws you in there a little bit. I'm scared all of these are Dak going down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's that? All right. Nearly 70% completions, so the 69.5, uh, second highest on this list, 2,400 yards, 12 touchdowns to five ints. 535 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns. There, there's just no way this isn't Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the yards number is the, the, the dead giveaway, right? It, I mean, the only person even close to 500 is, is Lamar. It is, He's just in a different stratosphere. It is jarring, though, seeing the interception total 17 total touchdowns versus Josh Allen's total touchdowns 17 to 29. That is a big difference, man. That's kind of wild. Well, so the thing is, in years past, right? Lamar was the goal line threat for the the um the Ravens. Right now they're just they're perfectly happy handing it off to either Gus Bus or whoever the other guy is. I can't think of his name right now, but 
Like he's just not getting those two yard touchdowns the way he used to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay so this more. is, this is a twofer. This is a two of the worst quarterbacks on this list. We've got a 60.5 completion percentage, 1700 yards, six touchdowns, four interceptions, 46 rushing yards, one touchdown. And I'll, I'll throw it in there. It's kind of like a two for one. Then the next one's 59.2 completion. 1950 on the, the passing yards, six to seven touchdown to end, nearly 200 rushing yards, but no rushing touchdowns. Okay. For the one with lesser rushing yards, the top one, I'm going Derek Carr and the one below okay. it, I'm going Kenny Pickett. You got one name correct, but you got the wrong one. So the first one is Kenny Thicket. Damn. Really embarrassing stat line for a guy that has started every game this season. Yeah. Jeez. And then what was the other one? This guy has also started more or less started every game so far this season, but he will no longer be starting any games for his team. Oh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, that is the Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is arguably better than Kenny Pickett this year. (laughs) That's crazy. I never would have guessed that. Oh my gosh. Zach Wilson moves. He's got almost 200 rushing yards. He's going to crack almost 500 if he would keep playing. That's crazy, man. Fun game. I, I, the Zach Wilson line surprised me. You're, you're thinking it was going to be the most abysmal thing ever, but Spencer will say Zach Wilson's been a steadfast seven to 10 points in his uh, second QB slot all year. Hold the line. Hold the line. The Stroud boys and the Wilson boys got to stay together. Fun game. That was fun. I, dude, weird stat lines this year.